welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 29. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. In this session, we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 25, uh, which is the end of Jesus' overt teaching in Matthew's gospel. Next week, we're going to move on to the last part of Matthew's gospel, which is the passion and ultimately the resurrection of Jesus. So this is going to conclude the overt teaching. And Matthew 25 is the crux of the matter, uh, Jesus' social, on Jesus' social teaching. So I've been um, at many churches where they say, we want to be a Matthew chapter 25 type church. Um, and so we're going to unpack that a little bit today. So unless you're driving, turn to Matthew chapter 25, um, where we have a couple of stories before we get into the crux of the matter um, with the point, hey, be ready. We have the parable of the 10 virgins that are, you know, some of them are kind of goofy and, you know, they're, they're not, uh, they're not thinking about the, the impending, um, celebration, if you will. And so they're unprepared, etc. And so the message there without going through that whole story is Matthew 25, 13, stay awake for you know neither the day nor the hour. Some of us live as if, well, we'll make a decision for Christ, you know, sometime later on in our lives. We'll get we'll get right with God sometime later in our lives. But you don't know uh, when your final day will come. And even if you did know when that would come, why deny yourself of the opportunity to be filled with God's grace while you're still on earth? Um, you know, you, there are so many blessings for us and we can be a blessing to others. That's really what we're here for. So don't wait. Then there's the famous parable of the talents. You all know the story. The, um, the man goes uh, and he's going on a journey. He calls his servants and he's got three servants. One, he gives five talents and, um, one, he gives two and another, he gives one and uh, what happens, uh, two of them make the best of what they have and one does not. And so what does he say to the one who does not? Um, verse 26, he says, his, uh, his master said to him a reply, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter. By the way, that's not, this is a parable. So it doesn't mean that God uh, himself harvests where he doesn't plant. This is a parable, but the story in the point of the story is as follows. Um, every, we all know that the guy who didn't do anything with, with his talents had it taken away from him. So those of you who work out in a gym, the same principle applies to your physical body. When you hear your trainer say, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. You'll lose, you know, muscle, tone, etc. if you don't use it. And why are we put on this earth? We're to, to build our spiritual muscles, to know, love, and serve God in this world so that we can be happy with him in the next. And if we don't bear fruit, as Matthew points out a number of times, as we've already seen in the gospel, 
You know, if if we're making no effort to get to know, love, and serve God in this earth and are antithetical towards him, well, you know, what we have, the, the grace that is given us will be taken away, okay? Verse 29, for to everyone who has more will be given and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has, take, even what he has will be taken away. Uh, verse 30, and throw this useless servant into the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. So Jesus is not telling you this to scare you, but he is telling you that, hey, you know, actions or lack of them have consequences. Ask yourself, what am I really here for? Can save you a lot of money with psychiatrists and whatnot. We are all here as, as we know as Catholics, if you went through Catholic school of my generation or earlier, to know, love, and serve God in this world so as to be happy with him in the next. Everything else is details. So ask yourself, what am I doing with the talent that I have for the kingdom of Christ? Who am I telling about Christ? Who am I serving? And we're going to get to that next. How do we serve? Verse 31, he says, when the Son of Man, in other words, Jesus is talking about himself, Son of Man or the advocate of man or, you know, the embodiment of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. And um, verse 33, he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king, God, will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for, for you from the foundation of the world. So God's just waiting for us. The invitation is out there, but you have to accept it. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger and you welcomed me. Naked and you clothed me. Ill and you cared for me. In prison and you visited me. So these are the acts of, of mercy uh, that that we talk about in, in the church. Um, so you might have been doing this just because that's who you are. You're just a nice person and you, you did this. Um, but then the righteous will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink, uh, etc.? When did we When did we visit you? We don't recall Jesus when you were in prison and we had to visit you and, and all that sort of thing. And here's, here's the crux of the matter right here. So underline this, if nothing else. Verse 40, and the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. And then, of course, the opposite will also be true, and that uh, remains the uh, you know the the rest of of Matthew twenty five. So, what we do for or to our brothers and sisters is what we do for Christ. So, think in terms of a family. Um, whether you've been, whether you came from a good family, or whether you've just seen a good family on TV, you know that with a good family. There is nothing that a good set of parents wants, uh, or to extend the analogy, a father wants, than for his children to be good to each other. 
to not fight with each other, to be helpful to each other. Because, you know, I'm a parent of two wonderful girls, and it does my heart good when they do charitable things for other people, because we are all brothers and sisters. I don't uh, worry about them because they are instinctively good uh, to other, other people. So that's the crux of the matter. You can go to Mass every Sunday. You can be in the Knights of Columbus and everything else. But if you are not uh, bearing fruit, as Matthew says so many times, uh, if you're not treating your, your brothers and sisters with love, respect, dignity, etc., uh, performing some, perhaps not all, but some of these works of, uh, of uh, mercy, um, then you're, you're not what you, what you ought to be. Uh, we are to do both. Recall a couple of chapters back where Jesus is talking about the two commandments. And, you know, he says, hey, guys, uh, the two commandments, one of them isn't a real commandment. Well, the first one is, you know, honor, uh, honor the Lord your God with all your, you know, your, your might, your strength, and all that great stuff, right? So, yes, we have a duty to God, you know, just, just as you would to your parents. And the second command, if you will, it wasn't one of the Ten Commandments, is uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor, of course, is everyone. So we have a duty to God directly, and then we have another duty to God indirectly with how we treat our brothers and sisters. Uh, you know, are, are you uh, helping charitably those who have, are having difficulties? Are you praying with others? Are you praying for others? Um, how are you spending your time, talent, and, and treasure? And, and again, um, how we treat our brothers and sisters is a measure of how we, we treat God. We cannot treat our brothers and sisters poorly or not think of them and yet still uh, claim to have a great relationship with Christ because we're all a family together. When you think of, the, of a perfect family, the idea of our Christian walk with Christ makes a whole lot more sense. So uh, anyway, that concludes the end of Matthew's teaching that Christ gives overtly um, uh, to, you know, to, to us. Um, not, that is certainly not to say that he doesn't teach us an immense amount through his passion, death, and resurrection in terms of what true servanthood is. But uh, that is the end of, uh, of his teaching there. So with that in mind, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we see hungry people every day. Give us the, the, the graces and the vision to see these people. What can we do for them? It may or may not be giving them money. It may be buying them a meal. It may be contributing to organizations that uh, that help those, etc. Um, hungry, thirsty. Um, give us a vision for those who are without. Help us to see that uh, we are all brothers and sisters together. And if we love you, that we, we must love them because you loved us first. 
Some, some folks aren't so lovable. That's okay. They're still our brothers and sisters. And because of what you have done for us, with an offer of eternal life for us, uh, we owe you and we can pay you, if you will, through our kindness to others. Because we know that whatever uh, is done to the least of our, of, uh, of our brothers, um, we do that to you. So show us how to do that. And then just as importantly, give us the, the strength and the will to, uh, and the graces, which we cannot do anything without, to follow through and not just think of the poor uh, and those downtrodden, but to act on that as well. So in our next session, um, we're going to pick up at chapter 26, and we're going to look at the beginning of Jesus' passion account. So be sure and come back for that. As always, I welcome you to email me your questions and your comments at jhcatholicbible at gmail.com. And until next time, I look forward to your joining us again on Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. Thank you.